We're going to talk about love songs now. The great Eric Clapton doing wonderful tonight. I had to pick a love song, and I think that's probably my favorite love song. But there's other ones. I mean, it's music. So it changes depending on the day. But that one is a good one. I've got some other ones from uh, from the crew here. We'll get into uh, following the interview. But first of all, what is it about love songs? Because we've all got one, probably more than one. They get in there, and we love them. We love love songs. Why? We're going to chat with Brian Fotu with the U of A's Department of Music. Brian, thank you for joining us. I appreciate your time today. Thanks for having me. So, I mean, is it is is there something more than just well, it's a really good song? Does it go deeper than that? I think it does. I think the good song component is a big part of it. But I think we can also think of good love songs that we also don't like, that we don't identify that with, that you know we kind of have a dislike for as well. So I yes. think it has to be some sort of emotional connection, something that kind of hits us on an individual level. I think with music, often, you know, you kind of identify with it on the one hand, individually, you're kind of, you know, connected with your identity to to something that is personal or is, is sort of speaks to you, but you also have some sense of it reaching a wider, a wider group of people too. you kind of, you know, reinforce your identity through a more kind of collective or communal experience. I think at the same time, yeah, sorry, go. I think you're right, because it seems like, I mean, the experience is relatively... I don't want to say it's not, you know, like boilerplate and we all feel the same things, but it, it is a universal sort of, you know, love and breakups and all the rest of that stuff. So those songs often feel like they're being written just for you, if you know what I mean. It does. And there's been a lot of study around why certain songs stick with us with respect to memory. And often it's in times of major transitions or shifts, right? You might think about you know, when you're in high school or experiencing yeah. new feelings or emotions, something's different. And, and love gives us that, whether it's the positive aspects of it, you know, falling in love or finding somebody new, or, you know, the, the, the sadder aspects. And I don't want to say negative, because I think you, you grow a lot in those moments too, but the sadder moments, you know, the more tragic moments, moments of heartbreak, um, those, are, those are transformations, they're transitions. And we tend to remember those moments more, and music often communicates those memories. We sort of you know, you've heard a song before and it takes you back to those key moments versus everything in your sort of day-to-day life, your routine. So certain songs hit us at certain times in those ways and they kind of stick with us. And, and, and that kind of helps to make that individual connection that we're talking about. You're absolutely right. That, that's the power of music. It can immediately transport you back to a time and place that, that you'd forgotten all about, but the song will take you there in a second. Is it? Is it? What about the lyrics? I mean, when we're talking about love songs specifically, how important are the lyrics? Like you say, I mean, just the context of the song will, will evoke memories for us, but what about the lyrics? Sometimes some of those really hit home more than others, right? Yeah, they do. I think they're, you, know, you mentioned the universal, universal experience or emotion of something like love. And the lyrics have to allow for some aspect of that, right? You have to be able to define yourself in them. But we also can kind of take, you know, take things and, and run with them in our own way too, right? The songs aren't about us. Sometimes, about us. Sometimes they're, you know, love songs written reflexively by an artist about themselves. But we find something in there, a certain lyric or a line that really hits us. And there's ways of making that about you and your experience, even if that isn't the intention, because... You know, it isn't. It's it's written by somebody else, and sometimes they're imagining 
a wider audience and thinking about how do we write something that everybody's going to identify with. And sometimes it's more autobiographical and personal, but we can still kind of find ways of accessing it and making it about ourselves, at least with certain songs. I think if it's too closed off or too exclusive, then maybe it doesn't have that same ability to to reach a wider uh, audience. Yeah, you're right. It has to be accessible. I, I'm just taking a look at our text line here, and, and and the takeaway I'm getting here is that love songs really stand the test of time, too. People talking about Jim Croce, um, somebody else, the Righteous Brothers. You know, I picked the old Eric Clapton song. Like, a love song holds up. It doesn't matter when it was recorded. If that's the song you connect with, it's still a great song, no matter how many years later, right? I think there are ones that have that perfect combination of being a great song, as well as a great love song but we'd be curious for you know everybody to kind of go back through their music collection whether it's digital or cd and, and sort of you know go through all the tracks and see how many love songs are there that we've forgotten about as well right i bet you there is a pile of them that just don't stick with that <laughs> you know it's not a it's not a magic bullet that's going to automatically make the top 10 in the billboard and stick with us forever it still has to be a good song it has to be speaking about something in the moment that is relatable and, and the songwriting has to match the lyrics. And, you know, some songwriters are really good at doing that. Yeah. And, and sometimes, it, you know, sometimes it doesn't hit. Yeah, it, it is fascinating. And, and there's so many. You're right. I mean, we could talk about it for hours. Brian, thank you so much for being here this morning. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Have a good day. You too. That is Brian Fotu. He is an associate professor in the Faculty of Arts at the Music Department at the University of Alberta. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.